Hey Archons, little update for this episode. At the time Sydney and I recorded this episode originally, there was no news released in regards to organized play, just the information about the Master Vault. Um, and after we recorded, it came out. So uh, we had a discussion and realized that there wasn't enough info to do like a full episode on, but we just wanted to acknowledge that some of the info in here is outdated in the sense that we had a discussion speaking on the fact that there was no news on OP, but we do have that now. And the key points from it that Sydney and I were really excited about is that they're um, laying the foundation in terms of organized play. And I guess the real sad part is there's gonna be no store championships because those were earlier on in the year. And as a result of things being delayed, that's happening. But uh, there is good news inside it, which is the new player kits coming. And basically, most people can apply for them if they want to be a store level or even a little bit bigger organizer of events and tournaments. And they uh, want people to help them do OP within their various communities, Vault store events, all that great stuff. So uh, it's really positive that Ghost Galaxy is continuing on with the community being a part of the expansion and progression of this game. And that's the main thing that Sydney and I really took out of this. So we are super excited that you can have the opportunity, any of you out there, just uh, get that new article that came out on the Keyforging website and uh, yeah, start vamping up your own community so um please enjoy this episode and uh stay forging welcome to help from future self hey what's going on archons welcome to another episode of help from future self the conversational keyforge podcast by and for keyforge friends and this week of course i have my keyforge friend with me but also, we got some news about some other Keyforge friends. Sydney, why don't you uh, fill everyone in on that both sad, but also not totally sad news? <laughs> well, we do have to say goodbye to our wonderful, wonderful fellow podcast, Call of Discovery. And I, I am saying podcast, not podcasters, because hopefully we will still see uh, Zach and and possibly Ed around in the Keyforge universe. Um, Zach promises he's going to keep playing and seeing us places, and we might catch him on TCO. But the the Call of Discovery podcast has sunset officially. They announced it on their Patreon Discord and their Patreon page, and we're really, really, really sad to see what a wonderful addition to the Keyforge world um, go. But just like BDQ, they their legacy is going to live on. They, the episodes that they've made have made such an impression on the Keyforge world that there's there's nothing that's going to they, – they're going to last for a long time after they stop releasing episodes. Yes, indeed, indeed. And um, I had the pleasure of meeting both Zach and Ed, and they were definitely our closest compadres in this – podcasting world if you guys have not listened to the crossover episodes we've done with them including a fun little game show uh, I do recommend going to check those out because um, they were they were a hoot and a half to say the least so yeah we will we'll be sad to see them go but uh, you can still interact with them through various gameplay so on that note the 
topic we have for you today is kind of exciting news. And by kind of exciting, I mean pretty fantastically exciting. Like this is the biggest step in the direction of Keyforge becoming what we've always wanted it to be. Like this is the this is the next like rung up on the ladder, couple rungs up on the ladder for achievements that Ghost Galaxy wanted to check off their to-do list to make Keyforge what it is. Um and and they released an article on their website if you want to go check it out. But basically they have plans and announced information about the migration of the master vault to their ownership. Yes, that is uh, something that I've both been super excited for and dreading. And luckily <laughs> the information that came is nothing to dread. Absolutely. That's the good part. Yeah. I completely agree. Like there are definitely some things in here I didn't expect, but not in a bad way. Like one of the things that they mentioned is they are sunsetting the app. And so you mm-hmm. will no longer use the Master Vault app to scan in decks or to access um, information about decks, but their browser is going to be phone phone friendly. So you're you're able to go onto the browser onto your phone and still scan things in, but also access the information you want to access. So it's basically uh, just a, a trade for um, an app for a website, but you can still have all of the um, capabilities on your phone. So that that was a surprise to me, but makes sense that they're not going to upkeep an app when they can just do a one website and just make it mobile friendly. Totally. And I mean, if you look at the screenshots, it looks exactly like the app. There's right. almost like no difference to the way it looks. You just don't have a an icon on your your homepage or wherever you keep your app. It's just going to be through your browser. And I mean, a lot of, I know on, on um, iPhones, you can basically create a, a shortcut to an app. So you're basically going to create an icon on your desktop anyway yeah. to go directly to there. So for for those, I don't know how Android works as well. I've, I've unfortunately been... <laughs> been locked in by Apple and I'm afraid to leave now. So Same. <laughs> <laughs> but, so not a huge deal. Yeah, totally. And this 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 is happening on January 25th. So literally this Wednesday, if you're listening to this as we come out. So the the Master Vault will be down for a little bit during that time. But after that, we'll have a a Master Vault that is is everything Ghost Galaxies. Yes. And one key piece of information they they mentioned about this is that all your information and statistics on your decks in relation to tournament things that you've done, so I guess deck power levels, all those sort of, sort of things will not be on there. And they mentioned there's going to be a separate tournament sort of application that will exist. And I think this is great because uh, a lot of different players and people utilize things differently. And some people will not need to know that information for their own style of Keyforge play. Like knowing how strong a deck is or or things like that is not relevant to tournament play or even if they only do online play. So well, that, also, that's not... T- to be honest, like we've been playing for three years without logging things in the Master Vault itself. So that mm-hmm. data isn't even really relevant anymore. Like, yes, one no, or two true. decks might be like top tier on the Master Vault. But now we've we've learned about so many decks since then that those decks might not even be as crazy powerful as they used to be. So the fact that that information isn't there may be upsetting to the people who owned those decks or earned those rewards. But it's also something that this is a fresh slate. Like we haven't been able to record even our most recent 
recent decks in the master vault. So now once they, once this launches and we can start doing that, like that's when like the game is on. That's when we can start like racking up these numbers for ghost galaxy. I think that's actually such a great point. You bring up Sydney because the, like the tournament information is woefully outdated. Like there's, there's almost like no mass mutation on that data and all that it's basically the first three sets and the game has changed so much since then like i i played a deck in kfc i've i've griped about this deck a few times and there's (laughs) and i want to be very clear there's nothing wrong with the deck it is still like looks really good it's just i think the way people are playing the game uh doesn't allow that deck to function the way it used to and it like won a prime championship but but like i was playing kfc and it just struggled in the the new way the game is played so a lot of that that it's almost in a way nice if some of those decks get a chance to actually prove their worth again and then let's see how it works like i mean george kegel has that one deck that i think is the only deck to win two different vault tours yeah uh, Gasolina Maximilianos, that one is, is the, <laughs> like, honestly, if you're going to have a Hall of Fame for Keyforge, that deck has got to be the first induction to win right. two Vault Tours. One that it literally caused an errata to occur because of the way it played. And then after the errata, still won again. Right. It's and so won impressive. With the errata. Yeah. So it proved that that meant nothing. So I, I think that is just such a cool thing. That is like the legendary Keyforge deck, as far as I'm concerned. And I mean, this is this is great. I'm excited to see this. Let's see how everything shakes out again. So hopefully they do actually kind of let every deck start over again. And even though you made that achievement, the game is in such a different place. You gotta allow it to shine again and prove its worth. And you know what it did, so you still have that memory. Totally. But it also looked like they're alluding to that there's gonna be a gem replacement, which I think everyone will be excited for because gems sucked in every possible way. It sucked. Like it was the bane of a tournament organizer's existence. Like the amount of things you would go through or delays that would happen because something wasn't functioning in gem is just like comical at this point. So like maybe that's part of the reason why they're like, let's just move on. Totally. People created their own software to run Keyforge tournaments simply so that they wouldn't have to do it in gem. I mean, like you have to run it in gem if you're going to do official stuff. But like during the pandemic, like like Nova created one on Dexa Keyforge that is available if you're a Patreon. And I know a lot of people ended up using Challenge, even though that comes with its own challenges. Like the fact that they are coming up with their own means that they can address specific challenges that Keyforge needs in a tournament. Mm hmm. And I think this is the perfect segue because you mentioned uh, Nova, and let's be honest, Ghost Gal or not Ghost Galaxy, Fantasy Flight kind of had this sort of like out of sight, out of mind mentality with anything third party. Like yep. if you were a third party and they acknowledged you, they would have to like come after you. Is the way it kind of was yes. done. Where Ghost Galaxy has taken a completely different approach and is completely acknowledging them. Not only acknowledging them, but being like the reason the game still exists is because of these third-party sites, which is incredible. And the fact that they directly said they want to have them included within the ongoings and the inner workings of the Master Vault so they can have a better access and, and have an oversight so they're like working together in a partnership, I thought was probably the best part of that article. Yeah, I can't speak to like the technological side of it, but um, 
the the like the conceptual side of the fact that not only do they want to give access to the master vault to people who are currently using it, but they have a process, like a clear and defined process for people get to get access to it in the future. So what that means is they're not just saying we're grandfathering in everyone who's kept the game alive. They're saying we support the ingenuity of our our fans, of Keyforge's fans, to be able to continue creating. And we are making our information available to make that happen. Yes, and I guess just the form part of it is to understand is the way they're going about it going to cause any security. I don't mean security, but like the, the secure nature of it that data to, to get corrupted in any way. And the one thing I'm wondering is, do these third-party sites like this? Are they kind of annoyed that they now have to go through this? That's the one question I have, because I think from someone who is not creating those, which is our perspective, mm-hmm. to see the support for them. But I'm wondering if these hoops they're having to jump through are a bit tedious or annoying for them. But I guess the one good thing is, is that no matter how you cut it, it may be tedious, but the truth is, they're getting the support now and the acknowledgement from Ghost Galaxy, which means it may be an annoying thing to start with, but I think over time it will just become a very, hopefully, great symbiotic relationship between the Definitely. two. Definitely. Especially if they only have to do it once. Like, if they if they can do it once and then just continue to exist like they're currently existing, then it's just a bump in the road. And mm-hmm. I think that that's something that the whole community appreciates. Yeah. And the next thing they mentioned, which I think was... Honestly, the one thing that a lot of people were wondering what was going to happen during this migration is, will all your Ember Shards still be a thing? Will they still be valid? And the answer is now, yes. I know. Oh my so God, that was great. so exciting. When I read mm-hmm. that, I was like, so so Chris and I very strategically earned and spent our shards. So what would happen is like when we opened decks that we knew we owned together, like we, we bought a display and had 12 decks to scan, we would like make sure that he would scan all the decks so that we would combine all of our shards mm. onto one account. And so like we were very strategically like earning as much as possible. Obviously, like if I won something or if I was playing a sealed, I would have to scan it. But in general, like we were strategically like hoarding all of our shards in one account so that we could spend it on the bigger things. And so you when want a computer men- chair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not waiting for mine from FFG because I didn't order one from FFG, but if Ghost Galaxy came out with a computer chair, that's what I would be sitting in right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. They got rid of the, the keys, which I think some people were bummed about, but I honestly, like, I agree. They are redundant. Like I never really understood the point of them. Um, I so, guess the only thing is they they show what you have you've accumulated over time versus what you've spent. Right, so it, absolutely. It, it's like yeah, that's the one thing that I can maybe that's why people are bummed out, but the truth is like the shards are really just a bank balance and it's like what's the point of showing at one point I had I had 10,000 ember if you'd no longer have it. I right. guess. Right. I think about it the literal exact same way. Like as an accountant, basically what the keys were is over the course of time, this much money passed through this account. Like these this many transactions made this ma- this much many shards go in and out and it just kept accumulating and that's not like the kind of thing we keep metrics on. Like it's a cool way to gamify it, but I I can assume that they will find other fun ways to gamify all of the things you can earn by playing Keyforge. Yes, indeed. And then I guess the the last thing that we kind of need to talk about, I think, is 
the fact that there there wasn't really an OP announcement. Like we should maybe just acknowledge that because I know the way that things kind of came out after the fallout of the announce of of the announcement of the GameFound sort of timeline was that there was an expectation that there would be a direct so conversation when, about OP. When the uh, timeline came out on the GameFound update, there was some chatter on the Archon's Quarter Discord that was n- not as not as supportive of um, Keyforge as it normally is. And uh, what ended up happening was Jeremy spoke up. Like he inserted himself into that discussion because he w- he wanted to like quell people simply because like it, it was getting a teens bit out of hand, but he he wanted to be like, we're, we're here, we're doing our best. We're supporting you guys. We're, we're, we're rocking it right now. We're also like, we're working on OP. And so I think like the phrasing was something like, we'll have an OP announcement later next week. And so that put a lot of people who were already inclined to um, be able to be roused that uh, there was going to be an OP announcement this week. And so this let down those people. But if you take that out of the equation and you take a look at what Ghost Galaxy accomplished with this, it is it is by and large the biggest thing they've done yet. So like, yes, they threw KFC. Yes, they've like shown us all of the different houses. They've been providing us articles about the lore. But this is like one of the backend steps that will like continue Keyforge being able to operate as an ongoing game. And that's just something that we can't even yet appreciate until we start playing OP, you know? It's true. And I mean, maybe there's more logistical things that need to be worked out to have that announcement correctly. And maybe this was always fine coming out and that's still something that's going to come out next week. And it could be a simple thing as uh, they decided not to drop two articles in one week because then constantly week after week getting information is better than being flooded one week and then silence for a few weeks after. So we may hear something next week. We'll have to wait and see. Obviously, we'll have a discussion about that if that's the case. Totally. Um, and one thing I wanted to say, you you mentioned logistics. So the you if you do have a password and an account with Asmodee oh, yes. Day for the KeyForge app, you you will be getting a new account for Ghost Galaxy. So when you attempt to log in, you use the same email address, but you'll you'll have to um, change your, your, your password. Yeah, your password. Yeah. Your account will be with Ghost Galaxy once you log in for the first time onto their Master Vault. Yes. And just, just to go back to the OP thing, I think a lot of the people's anger, um, it's coming from a place of love, truly. It's because People just want to play that badly that the fact that they can't do it sooner is just causing this this angst, this this teenage rebellious angst of wanting to just get out there and get at it. And that's that's all it is at the end of the day. Like it's not an actual there's no real animosity. I mean, it's it's all just wanting to play the game. And to be honest, the way Fantasy Flight mishandled things like this really isn't that bad. Yeah, right. <laughs> if you think totally. about the context of everything that happened during the lifespan, like that was the one thing that I noticed when I was playing is like fa- this was the first Fantasy Flight game I'd, I'd ever started using Whoa. was Keyforge, and there was people who were like, "I'm like saying things are like you're really sunshine and rainbows, but you don't get Fantasy Flight. Like this is like my seventh game. Like this will be mishandled. Like they were fully prepared for things to not be handled correctly. And I was like, that's wild. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've played Arkham Horror and that's actually, so I think it's their 
baby. So that's why they're like treating it so well, but it has like release schedules and, and stuff like that. So I was familiar with the fact that, um, with, with a game that was their IP that they continued to release stuff for. So I also am personally all sunshine and rainbows always. So, um, I might've been blinded <laughs> by that, but yeah, so it's ghost galaxy having Keyforge is, I, I still am more excited for the future of, of the game than I've ever been before. And then just to close out this part of the episode, they also mentioned there's going to be a lot of new features. Do you think, Sydney, in the realm of speculation, that they're going to somehow come up with their own way to like sort of rank a deck or give some sort of metrics their own I- way? Do you think that's a thing? I hope so. I think what they're going to do. So one of the things that they... um, Realm of speculation. Here we go. Yes, yes. Speculation. (laughs) So um, one of the things that they uh, said that... um, So in in that vein, if they make it so that you can manipulate your decks on their site more so than you could before. So before there were were notes. And I think somewhere, Jeremy also mentioned... um, uh, in a chat that the notes section will be kept. But the, if you can like do things like rank your own decks or simply like your own input into the manipulation of how much the decks matter to you more than just the notes. And so maybe you give it a score or you are the one who like um, uh, like gives it certain stats, you know? Um, I don't think that they will, because the way that things are measured, like um, SAS is actually updated periodically like things that are given values are given values based on kind of subjectivity and so there isn't really just like you can measure a lot less by pure mathematics than than SAS does so if they do a ranking system it will probably involve a lot less data but mm. i would be amazed and excited if they did yeah that is uh that is interesting I'm also excited. Hopefully, I, I imagine part of the features will be some sort of an alliance aspect oh, to properly. Because cool. right now, if you think about it, all your alliance stuff is kind of not really. It's it's complicated. Like especially on TCO, it's my, TCO is my least favorite thing with alliance because you have to have every deck imported. So like I think most of us are building our decks in DOK if you're a patron, mm-hmm. and then it just provides the ease. But you have a link, like a, you have a deck link, but the deck link doesn't work on TCO right now. I don't know if that's something they can fix, but I get how like there's only so much they can do. Like you need to have the three decks, and then you build your alliance the same way. But I, but the problem I'm having is that the names are very like I'm like I can't remember which deck I put in here and there's no way to see it individually right now so that's that's my one little gripe at the moment. Yeah, TCO goes off the master vault as well and so because th- there's no like like Decks of Keyforge doesn't integrate itself into TCO so if you're building your deck on on Decks of Keyforge then like there's no connection there yet. Yeah. So um we'll have to see how how that progresses along. Totally. And of course, this is Hell from Future Self, so we cannot end an episode without our titular segment, which we of course call Help, Help from, future, from self. future Self. Sydney, I understand you got one for us this week. I sure do. So I've been thinking recently about getting people into the game and how we can do that still currently without Winds of Exchange. And that actually makes sense not to use Winds of Exchange at the moment, but my, my, my Help from Future Self is when you're starting someone on the game, put some thought into what they play. And not that you all of our wonderful, incredibly kind and thoughtful listeners don't 
do that already. But more than just being considerate, just be careful of your own biases you bring to the game when you teach someone the game. So if you don't like a set, that doesn't necessarily mean that the person you're teaching won't. Or if you really, really love sealed, that doesn't necessarily mean that's the best way to put a deck in front of someone. Like if you are familiar with the the deck that you are giving your your new player, then it might actually be easier to teach them than a deck that you aren't familiar with that's in a set that might be easier, unless you you extensively know most of the cards that come up. Because I know that um, Dan from Archon's Corner, when he came to our event um, in store, he had his son playing and he gave him a Coda deck and it was a sealed. But because Dan like probably knows literally every single card in Coda, like it wasn't that hard to teach his son for the first time how to play with a new Coda deck. And um, helping someone along while they play, make sure that you don't like make the decisions for them or you can give them options, sure, but remember your biases will affect how they play. And so if you give them the basics and they, they learn from you, then they're, they're gonna be an epitome of your core way to play the game for the beginning of their Keyforge journey. So just keep that in mind when teaching new players. I like that, yeah. Another thing that I always think is is like what you said with the set bias. I think the the best way is almost look at a set and kind of in your own mind, what does this set represent within the game? What changed? And then you look at the next set. What changed within this set? Like what was removed or started lacking? What became more of? And kind of look at it as a concept. Like each set represents a concept that you need to learn. And because I, I think that the first two sets really establish a nice baseline of the game. And then the third set really elevated like the sequencing and all the little extra things that came with the the gameplay really got brought to another level. So, I mean, starting someone on a Worlds Collide deck or even like Mass Mutation or even Dark Tidings for that matter, <laughs> all those, there's much more complicated, less straightforward play. And I think if the person you know the type of gamer they are, that may be advantageous. But if you want to keep it as simple as possible, keep that in mind because it does get more complicated as it goes on. Absolutely. Totally. Like, I agree. Like, I think Dan actually starting with Coda, I actually think it is the best introductory. The only thing is if you play against someone with a non-Coda deck, they could be like, what the heck? You're doing all this stuff? Like, why can't I do that? <laughs> right. So that's, that's the one thing just to keep in mind. But I, I do think that the game was very strategically done step set by set in those first three. I honestly think AOA might be better than Coda and only because I know it has a couple more mechanics, but those mechanics aren't unintuitive yet. And they also, I think AOA is a tad bit more fun. Like Coda is good and you're going to get a lot more, I don't know, you're going to get a lot more wacky stuff in AOA, but that makes sense. So you can see the fun of Keyforge while still being able to understand and and control your your board, I guess is what I'm trying to say, but I don't know. Just that's, no, that's I, what I'm I saying. actually like, would agree with you. I, I actually think based on the way the game is now, uh, the simplicity of AOA versus the style of games that are played now that AOA is probably actually a better set. And hopefully we have enough decks that you can curate a deck that has Ember control so that the player will get to <laughs> not have that part of the game that is kind of lacking in AOA. So I actually would agree with you. I think AOA might be the best way to introduce someone to the game awesome 
All right. So that's going to do it for this episode. Um, if you wish to get at us, uh, please join our Discord. There's always a link in the show notes. I feel like over the last three months, we've had a huge migration of new people into it, and it's starting to get bumping in there, which is amazing. Um, I find Zach is is a lot of the times making nice conversational attributes <laughs> in there. So if you miss Zach, just come to our Discord. You can find him there. And uh, Sydney, if people want to reach out to you, what's the best way? I am also in our Discord as SC Steel and on TCO occasionally as SC Steel. Yes, and you can find me on my YouTube at uh, Boulevard Blake. That's BLVD Blake. And then on Discord is the best way to reach out to me. You can either send me a direct message or ping me in our Discord. And that's uh, BLVD Blake number sign 3840. And you can always catch me there. And um, I, I don't participate a lot in the general, but I get all the notifications. So I see all the discussions and I'm super stoked <laughs> the way everyone's talking. And sometimes I can't help but be drawn in. So that's so funny. Know if that's I why suddenly you, go in. You pop in at like the perfect time to say the perfect thing and leave. <laughs> that's because I, I see what's going on. And I just decide, <laughs> okay, I'm going to weigh in right now. And then, then I'm out. Love it. I'm like a hawk just sw- circling the, uh, the prey. And I'm like, okay, time to get in here. Um, yeah. <laughs> But I, I appreciate everyone keeping the conversations too in our Discord. They're they're usually um, quite friendly. They they do get heated and animated, but nothing ever gets derogatory. And just I think we really we all really appreciate that. And I think we've hopefully fostered that sort of mentality and way people can conduct themselves. And shout out to to Daniel Ban Solitude in the Discord because he is kind of like the main moderator, keeping an eye on things. Um, and also to Rick, who makes sure that everyone is welcome when they when they join. Uh, he is our our welcoming committee to help from future self, and hopefully we'll get to have some friends from the past rejoin us very soon. So until next time, Archons, stay forging. Mm-hmm.